of you made goals in 2017 to get a little bit healthier? Um, anybody want to share though? Yeah. Anybody make a goal this year to get a little bit healthier? Yeah, Kevin, good job. Yeah. Well, I have some good news for you, Kevin. What we just did in the last uh, 37 minutes or so actually benefited your physical health. Did you know that? What we just did for the last 30 some minutes singing together praises to God actually has health benefits to you. Sounds like I'm getting ready to start an infomercial, doesn't it? Um, but I promise I'm not. I'm not selling anything tonight. Um, uh, just a few words of scripture. But nevertheless, um, having gratitude, which is the sense in which worship really is, a main part of worship is really us expressing back to God our thankfulness, our gratitude for what he has done. If you listen to the words that we sang, like sing and be happy, or to God be the glory, great things he hath done, so um, great our Redeemer that he has saved us in Jesus Christ. And so it's an expression of thankfulness. You see, what we've actually found about humans and our overall health is that the opposite of gratitude, which is complaining, is actually really bad for your health. Did you know that? That, that complaining um, is negative. It actually changes the physical gray matter of your brain. Um, Cal Berkeley did a research study about five or six years ago where they observed human communication. As, as two people were talking, they, took trans they transcribed dialogue after dialogue of lots of people having conversation. And what they found is, on average, on average, Humans complain in conversation once per minute. Just a little slide here about the boss that you got to deal with, and a little moment here about all the upkeep you got at your house, and a moment here about how hot it is, and the car that you just want to get rid of and upgrade. You know, like, like we as humans just do that once per minute in our dialogue with each other. And that's each person. And so, you know, we're just really vying for airtime with each other so we can air our grievances, right, in our conversation. And here's what they found when they began to study that complaining ends up actually rewiring your brain. Your brain. You see, your brain is an efficient tool. It is built to be incredibly efficient. It doesn't want to work harder than it needs to work. And so what you repeatedly do, your brain learns how to do that thing easier. So if you repeatedly complain, guess what? Your brain is going to learn how to complain easier. It's going to become more natural to you, more comfortable to you, more organic to you. In fact, they call that where neurons begin to connect. Those, begin to, that, those that fire together, wire together is what the counselors and psychologists call that. Number two, listen to this. Not only is the brain efficient, so it learns how to complain easier as we do it more, Number two, what we find is that complaining shrinks what is called, the part of your brain that's called the hippocampus. I think I'm saying that the right way. And that is the area of your brain. The hippocampus is the area of your brain that is used for problem solving and creative, intelligent thinking. It's the part of your brain that when uh, dementia and Alzheimer's attacks, that's the part that begins to uh, get attacked and starts to disintegrate and stop working as effectively. And complaining actually affects that part of your brain, your ability to think with problem-solving and intelligent thought. And the third thing complaining does is this. I want to tell you this. That when we complain, we release, we release a hormone called cortisol. And cortisol 
is what shifts your body into fight or flight mode. You know what fight or flight is? When you go, when you come under attack, whether it's emotional or physical, your body goes into fight or flight, meaning in this moment, if an attack is coming towards me, I'm either going to fight this attack or I'm going to run. Um, I'll let you guess which one I do most often. But here's what happens. When cortisol is released, the hormone is released in your body, fight or flight kicks in. And all of the oxygen, all of the blood, all of the energy of your body goes away from the non-essential parts of you and only to the essential parts. So that you are, you, you know what it feels like to be attacked, right? Not, not just physically, but emotionally or mentally to be attacked. You know how that feels? Like you get a little bit shaky, a little quivery, you know, you start maybe sweating and you, you get a little upset and, you, and you're defensive, right? Well, when we're complaining all the time, our brain is doing that to us. That we're constantly in this mode. And complaining is hard for us as humans to fight. Because as social beings, what we do is we mirror the people we're around. You know, you were designed by God, as Genesis 1 tells us, to be, we were made in his image, meaning we were image bearers. And what that means is we were designed to reflect somebody's image and reflect that back out to the world. We were actually designed to look at, adore, and worship God. And as we do that, we reflect his image to the world. But as we've turned that mirror away from God and to others, we still are reflecting beings. We, we, we mirror the people that were around. And so... As humans, uh, we begin to think like the crowd around us. And so uh, this is, uh, they call it neural mirroring, which is basically the basis for our ability to have empathy, where somebody is hurting and you empathize with them because you're able as a social being to do that. Well, the flip side of that coin is if you're around a bunch of people who are complaining, guess what you're going to start doing? Now, what group of people in the Bible do you remember that just couldn't quit, could not stop complaining? You remember the story? The Israelites, right? The Israelites. Let me rattle off 14 times they complained. I wrote these down, okay? Let me, let me rattle these off for you. You know, before they left Egypt, they were complaining about Moses. Did you know that? In Exodus chapter 5, the people complained to Moses because of Moses, they said, and all of his talk of the promised land, Pharaoh made things worse on them. So this guy, Moses, shows up, and he starts talking about a promised land. He's making it worse on us. And they start complaining about Moses. The group starts complaining together. The people then complained and said to Moses, in Exodus chapter 14, 11, and 12, will you just leave us alone? Leave us alone, Moses. Now you remember, these are the very people that cried out to God, hear our cry, God, deliver us. Moses is here like, I'm ready to deliver you. And now they're complaining about it. We see in chapter 15, verse 22, that the people complain about water that is bitter. And in chapter 16, verse 1 through 4, the people of God complained about being hungry. And so God gave them manna, which means, what is this, basically? But God gave them manna. And then in chapter 17, the people began complaining about being thirsty. And so after these five times, God starts to get a little frustrated with them. And you might say as a dad, he takes out his belt, right? And things start to change. The sixth time is this, Exodus 32. The people forsake God. Mo Moses goes up onto the mountain. They forget about Moses. They say, what has come of this guy? He's probably gone. Um, and, the, and, and then when Moses returns, he sees that they've made a golden calf, and they've attributed to this golden calf 
the things that God has done for them. This golden calf has led them out of Egypt, and they were worshiping him. And God ordered the Levites to kill 3,000 people that day by the sword. The seventh time, the mixed multitude of the people complained about the food. In Numbers chapter 11, uh, we see them kind of complaining. They're tired of manna. God, oh man, it was so much better in Egypt. Remember, we had leeks and we had, you know, steak and lobster, they believed. And life was great back in Egypt. And they were complaining that they were stuck out in this wilderness. And so God burned the outskirts of the camp. And at that time, even Moses himself in Numbers 11 said that he wanted to die. Miriam and Aaron complained about Moses' leadership, and the Lord cursed them, or Miriam, with leprosy. The, Lord, uh, the people complained about how difficult it looked to enter the land, so they refused to do it. You remember we sent the spies in, and the 12 came back, and 10 of them said, it looks great, but there's no way we can do it. And all the people who didn't even see the land began to agree with the 10, like, yeah, there's no way. This is terrible. We can't do this. Why didn't we just die back in Egypt? And they began to complain. The, comp the people again complained to Moses and wanted to kill him and select another leader. And so in Numbers 14, the Lord sought to destroy the people with pestilence, but Moses interceded. In Numbers 16, we see that the key leaders rebel against Moses. And God gets serious and opens the earth and swallows the complainers. The earth, just, he's so fed up. The people complained again in Exodus or Numbers chapter 16, and they accused Moses of killing God's people. And at this time, Moses, for the fifth time, intercedes again for God's people and says, hold off God, don't destroy them. The people contend again with Moses because of no water, and Moses gets angry. And what does Moses do in Numbers chapter 20? He's so angry, he strikes the rock. He's so frustrated with these people, he can't take it. And the last one I'll share with you is this. The people complained against Moses and God in Numbers 21, and God finally brings a solution that a serpent goes out and bites the people who are complaining. And the only way they can be saved is for them to look at the bronze serpent that Moses held on a rod, on a staff, high in the air. And God was showing them their sin nature. These people just could not stop complaining. And so the question really for us is, how do we fight being complainers? Because there's plenty to complain about, right? we got plenty of things, and Satan is very good about reminding us of all the things that we can complain about. Let me give you a couple things that we should think about, and we're going to finish with the one that we just did tonight. First of all, on a practical level, just as a human, I want to encourage you to be not complaining but solution-based thinkers. When, when you have a problem, you know it takes as much energy and effort to think about a solution as it does to complain. It takes the same amount of effort. To just sit back and whine and complain about what you're dealing with takes as much energy just to pause and say, how can this be solved? And inside of that solution-based thinking, I want you to think about this. Be specific with yourself. You know one of the things that Satan is really good at doing is making things that are small feel incredibly big and making things that can be specific become incredibly vague. You notice he does this in Genesis chapter 3 with, um, with Eve when he begins to just to plant some seeds of thought into her mind. He's not specific about anything like what God really wants to give her. He just says that, you know, God, you won't die and I'm not sure about this. And, um, you, you know, God knows that you could become like him, so he doesn't want you to have this fruit. 
And he's incredibly vague and just plants seeds of doubt. So be specific in your solution-based thinking. But you know the antidote to complaining? It's the very thing we did tonight. Find ways to be grateful, to have gratitude. Fight for gratitude. There are going to be days when it's actually incredibly difficult. You know, we use the Israelites as an example tonight. Notice 14 different ways that they were whining and complaining. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm sure that their journey through the wilderness was not easy. I'm even sure that their time in in, um, Egypt and then coming out of Egypt, now we have the benefit of looking back at the story and, wow, look what God did through these plagues and delivering them through the Red Sea. But in the moment, that was hard. That was a hard go at it. We might want to take note from what uh, Moses told them. When standing at the edge of the Red Sea and the Egyptians were bearing down on them and their life was on the line, they knew that their life was on the line, came to the evening and they were complaining and frustrated with Moses saying, why did you bring us out here just to die? You should have left us in Egypt where we were. Moses says, stand still and see the salvation of God. And the Israelites go into their tent that night, and Moses, all by himself, stands out there. And he holds up his staff. And I imagine it took several hours, probably through the night. And the winds blow, and they're blowing hard. And Moses is standing there, and the Red Sea is parted. Now imagine what it was like that night for the Israelites. I don't think they slept very much in their tent, do you? What's going to happen when Egypt finally arrives? We're going to be pinned against the Red Sea in Egypt. Are we going to die? And they come out and they see something God has done. And I wonder how many of them said, man, I hope I don't get mud on my new shoes, you know? (laughs) So I want to encourage you tonight to fight complaining because complaining is really just our desire to indulge in ourselves. That's all it is. And to to ask for others to be our audience and how sad and difficult our life is. We need to fight complaining with worship with gratitude remembering how good God has been remembering that old hymn that we are so familiar with where it says count your many blessings name them be specific name them one by one just in your commute to work tomorrow turn the radio on and don't just be generic in your prayer like God you've been so good to me thank you for my health and my wealth I thank you for the people in my life start listing the things I'm thankful for my family members and name them. And what are you thankful for about them? What specific thing about each family member that you have in your life brings something interesting out in you that you wouldn't know about yourself? What about your job is an interesting opportunity that you get to do? What about uh, the, the situations that you're in with your neighbors? What positive thing can you think about? And choose to be specific with your gratitude and fight the attitude of complaining. Um, So that's our word for encouragement tonight in our worship. We want to um, most certainly give you the one most basic thing that we can always be most thankful for, and that's Jesus Christ. If you find yourself kind of running into things that are just very frustrating and very difficult, maybe there are a lot of Egyptians bearing down on you right now. Maybe there's a lot of challenges and difficulty in your life. Take Take the lesson from Moses. Stand still. Pay attention and look. Maybe not to your left or your right, to your right, because there's all kinds of difficulty, but look at just the salvation that God has provided you. If you'll see that, I think you'll find enough to be thankful for. Let's stand and sing. If you need help uh, getting your life right, you can come as we stand.